0: Hello and welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the April 14th game against the Calgary Flames and what a snoozer. Yeah. Seems
1: like it's an ongoing trend with the Flames. You're just gonna be boring games. Most for the most part they're defensive. I mean like we had some terrible defensive plays tonight that basically lost us the game, but uh for the most part these games against the flames have just been basically neutral zone shutdowns and you know at least the flames held up that part of the bargain tonight but you know uh we're seeing some pretty big defensive breakdowns and I'm kind of seeing why now during trade deadline we we saw some moves defensively for the canadians
0: I, again, like I I understand, but I still disagree because we didn't score. We didn't yeah. score. Like that was the thing we didn't lose six five. You know yeah. where it's cl- it's like again we we're not giving up crazy amounts of goals tonight. You know being three plus goals that's considered high scoring. Well, Allen was a
1: nine oh nine.
0: That's exactly it. so. Like Jake Allen wasn't the issue. Um, first two, two goals those, he was screened yeah, and screen- one yeah. Weber one gave, Weber it, gave it, away, it away like a gift to two, josh levo Two games in a row now he's done yeah that. and josh levo is apparently the montreal canadian killer
1: what is with weber and these bad passes but
0: do, do you not remember nuts. me during the long format this week talking about how when our defensemen are the ones scoring the goals we lose the game yeah
1: brad kulak first of the season
0: yeah and the only goal from the night yeah so it's just you know it's a massive issue that like we we literally can't get some consistency and when, up front.
1: Yeah and and when we do score we all score on the same night and that's another issue it's like we get these 7 goal games these 6 goal games and then we know basically the only one who could find the net, uh, the back of the net is Brett Kulak. And, then, like, you know, these well, are these are games that, like...
0: They you know, matter a lot.
1: Well, they matter a lot because we have 17 games left and five are, five are against the, the Flames. And
0: they're right behind us.
1: And hold on, I'm going to f- um, keep going. I'm just going to try to remember what that stat was they said with the Flames, with our goals.
0: Yeah, um, anyway, I was just saying, they're right behind us in terms of the standing, so it's just as important.
1: Okay, that's what it was. They had
0: six... Six goals. They have
1: six goals, and we only have six goals on the Flames in four games. So that makes it seven and five now. Yeah. Okay. Quick math there. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. So we have, we have seven goals in five games against the the Flames. That is terrible. Yeah, it's just yeah, not like,
0: acceptable to score less than two goals a game on average against. We the will
1: not win those five if we can't score more than that. No, I of mean, course like, not. That's
0: and that's rough. Again, Jake Allen is a top. I think they showed five in the league in terms of getting no help from your offense when he plays. He has a 2.1 or something. It's just like, I don't understand. Here's the thing, and this is what I want the majority of today's podcast to be about, because I need to get past the stats today. One goal isn't enough. When your goalie's a 91 save percentage and you score one goal, it's not on the goalie. It's arguably not on the defense. It's on the offense. We need to score. Um, The big issue that I want to talk about is scoring by committee. So... Everyone knows the Canadians are this team that don't really have a bona fide superstar, and they always talk about scoring by committee and scoring, you know, by, you know, all all 12 forwards, And, like, that's the issue that, you know, I were laughing about, like, because it kind of just clicked with us. We are a team that's structured to score by committee, and And we we don't. don't. So, in a world where we score by committee, you know, you would assume that basically... Plus or minus maybe five goals, everyone right now would be around the 10-goal mark. But I'm sure that if we go look at the forwards, you'll see Toffoli, Anderson, Gallagher at the top. Then you get the middle pack of Suzuki, Tatar, uh, probably even Corey Perry. Yeah. And then at the very bottom, you'll see the rest of the team. Well, we know
1: that stat. They said that 30% of the Montreal Canadiens' goals come from Anderson and Defoe. There you go.
0: So is that scoring by committee? No. And so what we've done is we've put all of our goal scoring into guys who are, you know, arguably not top-line guys. I don't know if every team would have Tyler Defoe or Josh Anderson on the top line. Personally, when I'm evaluating a player, I say where would he fit on every single team as it stands. So, like, looking at, let's say, for example, like... Philip Deneau. Where does Philip Deneau slot in for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Third line center. Yeah. But if you go put him in Arizona, he's a first line center. So what I do is whenever I'm just curious, I put them on each team and then I kind of take the average. And that's how I really kind of get a feel for where they actually belong. Yeah. So it's, you know, I understand it's team dependent, but it's that's why sometimes you'll see these guys who, you know, I'm trying to think of uh, a, a better example, but like, you know, when people say Jonathan Druin's a top-six talent, like, on the Canadians. Yeah. And that's arguable. Yeah, I agree. But I think he's, you know, we need to use the term middle-six a lot because that's more... I don't think he's a bottom-six no, forward. No, he's a middle-six. But he's a middle-six yeah. forward, and he's trending towards the third line. And yeah. that's just where these guys are. You know, like, uh, another great example of that is, like... We have a lot of second line guys. There's no one on the team right now who I think classifies as a first line forward. Maybe Brendan Gallagher. Yeah. Because even Josh Anderson. Would do you think he's a top thirty right winger in the league? No. And or not even top thirty, but do you think he would be first line right winger on more than half the teams? Yeah. In the top. League? Well, no. Yeah. Top, I, I misspoke that, spoke there. Top, yeah.
1: Top thirty winger for sure, but most I'd say probably. Probably twenty teams in the NHL, he wouldn't be first line. Right well, now. there you go, yeah.
0: and that right away shows that he's not a first line right winger. Yeah, he's a second. He's like a, he's a great, he's a fantastic. Sec- that's the thing is, line like, you understand that that's it's more than okay if you have four lines of second line guys, that's great. But yeah. the thing is, we don't. We have two lines of second line guys and two lines of third line guys. Yeah, and that's why we have a trouble. We have trouble scoring because we have no one who's is, consistent.
1: And the problem is, is, is you know, for the first quarter of the season, we had four second line. Well, that's it. Everyone was scoring, and something happened as soon as that second, as soon as that first loss to Ottawa happened in early February. This shit's been downhill ever since, and honestly it's it's uh you know it, it's not obvious what we need like i know we need more goals that's a, that's an obvious issue
0: you're saying how to get them
1: but it wasn't it, it wasn't an issue you know for the first quarter of the season so, I, the, I so have like a... we have the capability of doing it yeah, and I, I think we just can't piece it together properly and it's not obvious that you know, one scoring winger would do it for us. Like I don't, I don't. I don't it'll... think it is.
0: I I think what the, the core is real... rotten. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I think what the real problem, all joking aside, is is that at the beginning of the season there was two things that were very different. We were scoring a lot of goals and we were taking a lot of penalties. And the reason we were taking a lot of penalties, a lot of them were like roughing and you know, uh, it it wasn't a lot of hooking and slap and high It say, was a hard playing penalties. It was hard playing penalties. It was. It was due to the aggression. And I think that, I mean, again, this is speculation to a certain degree, but I do think that with the shortened season and kind of, you know, the uh, seemingly glass team that we're playing with and a lot of teams are playing with, there was kind of a, um, you know, pulling on the railing, uh, pulling on the rails a little bit of like, you guys need to kind of slow your engines here. I know you've been wanting to play hockey for a while. Maybe that came from within the organization, maybe it came from the NHL. Like we don't really know that it's just you know again speculating, but I I do see like you can literally track like right away even through like our podcasts where we are basically saying like we're getting so many penalties, but I'm okay with it because we're scoring and blah blah yeah. blah, and like eventually it just dropped off. And the problem is like you you can't like that 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 wasn't a good deal, you know? Yeah. Like we really 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 screwed the team because the the whole point of the Canadians at least if i'm going off of what mark burgermeister built like just ignoring actual player names you get fast players up front and big defensemen in back so like it's very much like we come at you in waves and you just can't get near the, the net and that's completely opposite as to what we are now now we're like chip it in kind of get like pressed along the boards we don't have that the only player who still does it And the rest are injured that do, but it's Josh Anderson. He's the only one who just comes, like, barreling in and just shoots the puck.
1: Yeah, another big issue I'm noticing, and it's becoming more of a trend now, is that we really, really struggle in the neutral zone. And, like, you know, I noticed it tonight specifically against a team like the Flames that are so good defensively in the neutral zone. They really clog it up. But if we don't get a pass blue line to blue line, we're not getting through the neutral zone. No. And and if we do, if that's not the case, we get to the red line and we dump it down. We actually can't traverse the neutral zone.
0: No, we, like, we, we really we need can. like, we
1: need a pass from like Petrie blue line to blue line to get in. Or we do a dump and chase that is like a, you know, a coin flip chance of working. And you know, a team like Calgary, like just exacerbates that difference. And I really noticed it tonight. Like we just cannot carry the puck in. And when we're on the power play, against teams like it Calgary, shows more. it shows even more, because like our, our Russian doll drop passes <laughs> just don't cut it.
0: Are, there are probably, in terms of the forward group, I'd say confidently two players, maybe three, that can carry the puck over the blue line. It's mm. Thomas Tatar, Nick Suzuki, and Corey Perry. Yeah. Those are the only three I ever see, maybe now that he's back, Armia. Yeah. Those are the three or four that can actually do it. And, like, again, those are all not guys that you're building your team around. Yeah, exactly. It's, so like, this is the issue. The, another
1: thing I'm, I'm I'm noticing, too, is I'm, you know, it, it might be just me, but I feel like it's you as well. And I, I, I just hope it's not Habs or organization. But I noticed that this season, you know, with more and more injuries coming up, I'm starting to do this thing, a, a, like, way too early. Where I'm starting to like rely that like I need Corey Perry to score tonight. Oh yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. I, it, we're not gonna get very far if like we need Corey Perry the, to score tonight. The, like the
0: whole point of bringing guys like that is secondary score. Exactly. And like all of a sudden he like we jumped up in top five in goals on the yeah, team. Yeah, and we, and we and like, can't
1: have him be the only goals against Toronto.
0: Like well, it just that's, can't that's it. It's just it's like he, the whole his whole role was to literally be an agitator in the bottom six and then come put up power play points. Yeah. And the guys had to take he, on a role of, yeah. like, our, our, like, unofficial assistant captain who also is, like, apparently taking penalty shots. Yeah, and we're, like,
1: we're, we're, we're running him into the ground yeah. fatigue-wise. He's probably
0: playing more than he did in 2010. And and I, I understand <laughs> bringing on, like, a lot of vets. But, like, you know, I was talking about this in the first period. Like, what was the point of getting Eric Stahl? If
1: we're going to play him here. Yeah. Like,
0: like well, he's playing on the fourth line. He's not playing very well. Sure, mm. he's playing a little in the power play, but, like, what, what was the point of bringing him in for, you know, what did we trade him for? It was like a... Oh,
1: I forget. I, I
0: forget. It was a pick, right? A third yeah. or a fifth or something. Yeah. Like nothing... Oh, uh, it was a third and a fifth, a right? A third and a fifth. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Because um, it was like our, our mock trade yeah. for Hall. But, like, I don't I don't care about what we lost. I just, I don't see the, like... The point? Well, yeah. I, you know, Unless like the plan is when we do hit the playoffs that like that he takes he's like goal. line one, and then again, yeah. what's the point? Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't really see. You know,
1: I don't know if he's gonna be particularly better there than Evans will be. That's I don't, and I,
0: I don't think like big picture he is obviously, yeah. but I, so I don't see the, the benefit of like having him for twenty games.
1: Yeah, I don't know either, and I, you know, I. I don't know. There's there's a lot of moving parts here that we, we need to kind of grease. Like Suzuki's in a wicked drought right now yeah. and like I know his point production looks like he's actually not and he's kinda of heading towards that eighty two game fifty five fifty five point season, but you know, he's really, really taken a back seat and I think it has a lot to do with Jonathan Druin. And I uh Yeah, anyway, I'm glad they're broken up him. now at yeah, least. Yeah, thank God. It's it's way past due. And then they
0: stuck him with cot Yeah. So. He he just he, he they just will has not to go. break him out he of this has top to go. six. But you,
1: but you see how like like Suzuki gets brought down, yeah, but I Druin know. stays up. Like, I know. I, don't... I I
0: think they're trying to cut their losses a little bit there and be like Suzuki can at least benefit the players there because yeah. he's playing with Army and Toffoli.
1: Yeah, but again with the stall thing, it's like, you know, we have so many forwards now, uh centers now that like you know, we do run into this situation where we play Yemi on the wing, and he looks just so awkward yeah. that it, you know, it, you you might look at that and be like, oh, that's not gonna happen. But then, you know, you put Kockiemi on right wing, and you're like, okay, well, where the fuck does Cole Caulfield play? Yeah, well, you know I, mean? I
0: I actually, all jokes aside, Cole Caulfield, just looking at the structure of the team, not just this play year left, but going yeah. forward, I think will really benefit with him yeah, on the left, left. wing yeah um no, you know, I just mean in total like, but I know wingers. what you' mean yeah. it's like
1: I mean obviously we're really stacked on the right side, so like mm. he's gonna have to play left for sure, uh especially if we like hopefully make a druin move this summer, yeah, but um and I think he'll he will play great on the left, but that being said, like again, both sides like we have way too many centers to play on the wing, i mean yeah. like we we have you know in, in terms of like you know um up and coming i mean we have paling we have cockney we have suzuki we have deno we have we know evans we have Stahl. we like you know what i mean like yeah, don't i mean stall is obviously a short term but don't forget the other guys in LaValle, we have other guys too. in laval too Cam that are looking Hillis great is promising yeah, he looks great and you, know, you like, know obviously Stahl's not a long-term thing but like he's 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 long-term enough in terms of we're actually taking this season seriously that you know like I don't think Mark Breitner, you know, rented Eric Stahl for twenty games just to not make the playoffs.
0: Like, yeah, he's I, I understand that he wants him there because he's gone the distance yeah. and blah, blah blah. But again, like, it—he it, didn't go the distance on the fourth line. though. He, like, that's he, the whole you thing. You have he to play on third when if you're he going was, to keep you know, in his peak, and he was also like. Again, like, I'm happy with it because this is a guy who, le- like, you know, less than two years ago put up 40 goals. Yeah. But the idea is, like, he put up 40 goals because he was playing line one on the Minnesota Wild. He was not doing it from the fourth line. So it's like you need to kind of commit to one or the other. It was kind of like I'm i Playing I'm blanking, with Perry on the
1: third line. That's... I'm,
0: I'm blanking now, but it was... Um... There was a there was a player that we kept playing like too low in the lineup. It was uh, a Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk. That's what it was. Every team that he went to when he came back. So L.A. played him in the bottom six. Horrible. Went to Washington. Played in the bottom six. Horrible. We played him here on the first line. He blew up. It's like there are certain players you just you need to play them. Yeah. If you want them to succeed, you know, it's like it's it's also the opposite for other players like a Jordy Ben. When you put them on the top, <laughs> like, it's just you need to put, Armia, player, yeah. you need to put players where they, they will be. Like, you always want to be just, like, 102% mm-hmm. of where you're supposed to be, you know? So, like, I like perfect example, Armia, he does best on the third line because, realistically, he's a fourth liner. Yeah. So, he does really well. I'm oh, sorry. I, I said that backwards. Yeah, he, does. he does well in the fourth line because, realistically, he's yeah. a third liner. And it's just, it, it goes, like, down a cycle. And, like, that's why I look at DeFoley. Yeah. Foley's playing lower than he he realistically should be on the team, yeah. but he has success there. So I don't know. I it's just it's frustrating because I almost feel like Bergevin is trying to give Ducharme as many options as possible. I I think I've lost favor in terms of like my feelings on Ducharme. I yeah. think this is a good you know patchwork for now. But um, come season's end, whenever that is, even if it's a good ending. I think you need to move on from this guy just because I think the idea, like ideologies are a little too different.
1: Yeah, and I also think... I want him like, in the
0: system. I just don't want him yeah, as a head coach.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think he's he's totally ready for it. And, and inheriting a season like this, I mean, like, it's just... You need a guy a bit more experienced, and I think he's kind of wishing we went another way. But again, also, the whole COVID situation, it's a little difficult. But another thing, too, is, though, is that, like, we're feeding him a lot of pieces, and it, it looks like, you know, there's... Like I'm going to I'm going to double down on the like there's not much that we need to change here. Like no, we, we have the not. pieces. Like the pieces are all there and we have a good team and you know look at how look at how excited we were in the off season. But the problem is is that every single night if the forwards are playing well the D is shit. If the well, D is playing well the forwards are shit. If the centers are winning face off the, the the wingers aren't, you know, finishing. Yeah. It, it's very frustrating. It's just like the pieces aren't connecting.
0: Well, that's it. And I look, there's a few pieces that, again, a fully healthy roster, guys who are, you know, haven't played like John Merrill and Gustafsson, like we've yet to see. I don't think these are game breakers, obviously, no. but they could be pieces that help. And the big thing that I'm, I guess, kind of like, I just want to go like finish up that thought on the coaching. So if there was a way for us to flip our AHL and NHL coach, maybe not this year, but I'm saying next year. Like Joel Bouchard, for those like who have been following the Laval Rocket, this guy just knows how to win at the pro level. Like say what you will about the NA the AHL, but it is still professional hockey, and he's doing a great job now. Um, Dominic Ducharme, the- where he's seen himself w- like you know, be the most successful, was with Team Canada. Mm-hmm. That's because he he knows like the young guys' hockey, and I think that's what I basically was just gonna kind of segue into is. We've given a guy who, you know, really, like, thrives on, like, teaching and showing the young guys what to do. We've given him Weber, Price, yeah. Allen, Petrie, Perry, Stahl. Stahl. We keep adding more Like, to we keep, too. but Byron, we keep giving a guy who wants 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, and we ask him why he's not succeeding. Mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of forcing him into a position here where it's like, this isn't his skill set. Yeah. And, like... I understand there's a mix, but, like, we went from being a very young team to a very old team very quickly.
1: Well, yeah, all of a sudden now our average age is, like, in the 28s. Well, that's it. And it yeah. was
0: 26? It was 26.9 yeah.
1: or there something like that. And, like, now, it, you know, I, every, every time we, we have a game, I go in the matchup, and we're older than every Canadian exactly. team. Well, that's it's exactly
0: crazy. it. And, like, it's obviously the league's getting younger. And so I just think that's important, too. So, like, Joel Bouchard is someone who, like, clearly has a system that works cuz Laval's killing it and i mean again he's using the players that we we are essentially grooming to be in the NHL so you know worst case scenario you bring him up soon yeah. but um yeah i think we we're, we're not doing justice to Ducharme either i think he's get, he's taking a lot of heat from the fans and the media just because like again you're you're not really like setting him up for success here no. it would kind of be like taking you know, a mechanic, and then putting him like to be the race car driver. Well, it's the thing. It's, like, it's well, like,
1: and also there, there's not really time to change things. like right. the, the thing is, is like, you know, when we have 22 game days left in the season and we have 17 games, it's well, like it. there's not really time to like actually practice. And like, if he was going to change all these things, you know, there, there physically isn't enough practice time to actually put well, implement exactly them. Right. And if he did. We'd have these catastrophic blowouts where we're testing out these new strategies and, you know, we're at a point where we almost have to double down on on Claude Julien's, like, at least gameplay model. The lines and all that can change, but...
0: Claude Julien's gameplay model apparently is Dom Ducharme's gameplay model. Exactly, that's another Nothing changed when we change coaches, but... Which I, isn't
1: surprising. I mean, like yeah. you know, Claude Julien is a guy that like if you're you're if you're assistant coaching under him, you kind of want to absorb as much as you Absolutely. can because I mean he's like one of the most decorated coaches of all time. Well, it's no, like, exactly. You kind of want to say like this is what I should be doing, and it's kind of hard to maybe get out of that mold right away.
0: Well, that's it. And I mean, again, I still maintain that what I said a couple weeks ago, where I said um, maybe even Bergevin takes on the coaching job himself because he's clearly got a vision for the team that no one seems to understand. Yeah. But um, yeah, I honestly, this was one of those games where it's just so it's so hard to watch. Like there were times where I was just getting up and being like, leave the TV on. I'm just gonna go grab yeah. like a drink or something where like normally I'm sitting at the edge of my seat being like, okay, i analyzing the whole thing. Not even just for the podcast for me, yeah. just because I love to like watch the whole thing. And like when I find them, I'm kind of okay missing a minute or two. Yeah, that's two. what me too. That's the when I start like worrying because yeah, when i
1: start checking my phone and yeah. yeah
0: so i mean we'll look we'll again move on <laughs> yeah we'll move on again we have to because there's another game in eight minutes <laughs> yeah, true yeah. so we just got to keep kind of i am i am i know i've like you know
1: i don't sound like a broken record here but like i am a like a little bit worried with calgary just because like
0: there's so many games left with them
1: yeah we have so many games left and you know if they and sweep this is us. them
0: coming off overtime last night. I know. Like That's the thing is, like they're this tired thing, and they beat us. The,
1: the commentators today were saying like how the fatigue is showing in the Canadians. They don't have as much jump in their step. I'm like, I know. the
0: Flames played last night I know. overtime. I know. We had a day off. You know I mean? Armia had COVID-19. He had the most energy of the whole team. But it's
1: like, it, it's like, it's always fatigue with the Canadians. It's like, it's never fatigue with anyone else. I don't understand. Like, do these guys not sleep or something? I have no idea. they like, go, go
0: sleep. Like, I don't know. I, no? like, God. Go sleep. Go eat. Go rest. Yeah, like, like just God. don't do. I it's again. I don't, don't understand. They do like do they run a marathon? I honestly no. I, I honestly think that co- that correlates back to the age thing. I think they're just like old broken men at this <laughs> point. And it's so funny because yeah, like the 30. oldest men are in their thirties. No, like Shay Weber, bad. who looks like he's like my father's age, yeah. is is in his thirties. Like he's closer to my age than my dad's age. Yeah. And this guy looks like worse off than my dad. Yeah. Like, eh, it's just. It's bad. It's just really bad. Like, they don't look well. They never have Corey Perry looks like he's been embalmed for two years. Yeah, Yeah, Corey Perry died ten years (laughs) ago.
1: Honestly, he looks like, yeah... (laughs) <laughs> but he looks like he's on the cusp of a mental breakdown, yeah. too. Oh, and yeah. like, I don't want to see that with Corey Perry. No, that's you know?
0: like he'll use his skate as yeah. a weapon, not but, a stick. But, you know,
1: I think if Price isn't ready for next game, you've got to play Primo because, like, you gotta give we're up, running Perry Allen Perry. to yeah. the ground This was here. the
0: exact thing you wanted to avoid. And, you know,
1: like, I'm so happy with Jake Allen. I think he's been playing fantastic. But you can definitely see why, you know, why Carey Price is our number one. Just yeah. because, like, you can tell that... The fatigue management is just—it's a whole other level between starter and backup. Like, absolutely, you can see how tired Jake Allen is, and like, um, you know, you don't see that with starters. Like, I—I I notice it game to game that this guy is and, just—and we are spoiling by plays. the puck playing ability. The puck playing, oh my god!
0: Jake, I can't. Jake Allen has to kick his stick to yeah. get the puck done. You, I, I. We
1: take Kerry Price's puck moving like yeah. for granted every single game, and like, I'll
0: go out of limb saying Jacob Markstrom is number two in the league with that because yeah, I notice him so much. Yeah,
1: he's also he just clogs the net like yeah. it's just he's like a just huge, just huge. He just doesn't have to move. No, it's just I, like, I know.
0: But anyway, yeah. we'll we'll cut it there because I can just you know ramble about how like they just can't do this every night to me <laughs> every night. <laughs> But uh we will okay when's the next game, the sixteenth? 16th? Yeah, sixteenth. 16th. Yeah, so, so two days. Two days and then it's a
1: back to back. So yeah. uh, you can expect a very tired
0: Yeah, a very grovelly a very
1: fatigued a very post game interview, worried about the guy's sleep filled, yeah. Mark Bergevin. And uh
0: Dom Ducharme giving his regular broken sentence like he doesn't even know where he is answers yeah. <laughs> it, uh, uh. yeah. it, it it makes me it makes me laugh because like they talk like how
1: they, they talk about these guys fatigue like they're not playing 15 minutes of hockey i know, I <laughs> I mean, know.
0: Like, it doesn't make any sense i um, i really just like you know what if it's that bad Maybe we take a practice off the weekly schedule for a little while. Yeah, I like don't don't,
1: don't do with this bullshit where like people start messaging in saying like you don't know how elite athletes play. Yeah. It's like they're playing 15 minutes of high intensity hockey, okay? This stuff scales, yeah. okay? So just cuz I'm not an elite athlete, okay, if I exert myself to the rate of perceived exertion that they do, I'll get the similar fatigue exactly. and I'm telling you if I played 15 minutes of the hardest hockey I could play, okay? four times a week I'd be absolutely fine yeah I promise I'm better you. off for it and I do other shit yeah so, so. I, I promise you if I had to play 15 minutes of hockey four times a week and throw in a few practices here and there and do absolutely nothing else except eat and sleep I promise you I would not use that as an excuse no
0: definitely not but anyway
1: I'll leave it on that note before I blow a fucking fuse <laughs> here but yeah we'll see you guys on the 16th Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast.
0: You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop@gmail.com at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.